0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. And the Bible says in the first verse, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, And exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how you ought to walk And to please God so you would abound more and more For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus For this is the will of God even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel In sanctification and honor. I know that there's a semicolon there, but we're going to stop there for tonight. Lord, help me tell the truth and relay it in a way that would be understandable and edifying to your saints. In Jesus' name, amen. Exhortations. Those are important. Sometimes we get so focused on knowing doctrine and having our doctrine right that we lose focus on how to live. And that is why these things are in the Bible, because we forget we should live right, not just no doctrine. Both are important. But right now, Paul, under Holy Spirit inspiration, is stressing the importance of living a pure life. Verse one, furthermore then. Furthermore is used one of only three times in the New Testament. This is important because when he starts chapter number four, he says, furthermore, in in other words, in addition to what I've already told you, furthermore, there now is some more important matter and some more meat that I need. I need to go beyond of what I already said. And now furthermore, here is what still remains to be said before I close out my arguments. Look. Furthermore, there's more stuff. It's, then it says, we beseech you. To beseech means to call upon them. And then it says, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. Exhort is to urge. It's to advise. And sometimes it's advising by arguments. We're going to argue that you take a good course of action rather than a bad course of action. Right? That's an exhortation. Uh, We're going to exhort you to good conduct. We're going to exhort you to a good deed. How many of us can use some exhortation? Amen. We all can, right? Sometimes we never really thinking about doing the good deed or doing the fill in the blank until somebody comes along and exhorts us and says, hey, let me let me help you a little bit. So it says, furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. by." The Lord Jesus it's not by Paul's authority and it shouldn't be from our own authority it's the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ then it says that as you have received of us they were taught many many things by Paul furthermore then we beseech you brethren and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us, here it is, how ye ought to walk. Let's get Romans chapter 6. How you ought to walk. That is how you as a Christian should live your life. And this walk, this Christian walk, this is the journey of the Christian pilgrim. This is how you ought to walk. How you ought to live your life. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 4 if you would with me. Therefore. We are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. How new is your life after you get saved? Well, I'm telling you, it's brand brand new. (laughs) It's better than if your transmission blows in your truck. And you get a brand new transmission in. It's kind of like that, but a thousand times better. You get a new life. You say, but I like my life. Think about that. Think about that. What do you like about it? Without Jesus Christ, you need a new life to get eternal life. Now go over to Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Two things. He that believeth not is condemned already. You knock on someone's door, you give somebody a gospel track and they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior. You didn't show up and all of a sudden they're condemned. They've been condemned already. That person trusts Christ. That that person calls out to the Lord and trusts Jesus Christ and gets saved and is born again. No matter how you try to insert condemnation into life now, you can't. (laughs) Because they are not condemned anymore. That's why it says no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Now watch. Who walk not after the flesh. And this is the confusion. How in the world. How in the world can that person be a Christian. When they walk and live their life like that. Have you asked yourself that question before? Christians don't always walk in the spirit, but they should. God tells us after the spirit, after the spirit, not after the flesh. When you get saved, you somehow get removed from your flesh. You can't. We need to be able to walk in the spirit. We have a new life. We should walk in that newness in life. We should not walk after the flesh, but after the uh, the spirit. And let's go over to Second Corinthians. And we'll get uh, chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I know you want to see stuff. You got to see it to believe it. I know that. I know. I know. I got. I won't get on my kick. I just. I'll just behave myself tonight, but we we <laughs> look what it says. No, is that right? First, uh, no. First, second, Corinthians. second Corinthians. What are you? Where are you at? I'm I'm at Second Corinthians five. I think it's verse number. Okay, uh, let's do verse number seven first. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We talked about this uh, this morning. Our spiritual baptism, nobody sees. It's a spiritual thing. Our life, we walk by the Spirit. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's not, I got to see it to believe it. Half the stuff we believe, we haven't seen. Anybody meet Jesus? I mean, in the body of flesh? (laughs) No. But that's how we're to walk. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me ask you, are you living a new life? Are you walking a pure life? New life. Not a flesh walk. Not a by sight walk. It's a faith. All right, let's get back to chapter number four. First Thessalonians two. look at. um, All right. That as you've received of us, how you ought to walk and watch what it says in verse one and to please God. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, not as pleasing men, but God. Let me ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning. Who do you try to please? Please. If we're honest, we please ourselves a lot of the time. These people that are working in the healthcare industry right now, they're not pleasing themselves. They're trying to please others and care for others. Does it cross your mind that when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, Thank you, God. How can I please you today? We care for ourselves. We should. But this idea of this new life is about pleasing God. Galatians 1.10 says, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men for if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ You young people need to pay attention because this is important you will get wrapped up in I am going to do this because I see my friends or my peers do this uh, young girls young boys you are going to say I am going to listen to this. I am going to watch this. I am going to get involved with this. I am going to do this thing because all of my friends and all of my peers say I'm going to do that. And what you do is why they call it peer pressure. Peer pressure. Get 20 some kids in a schoolroom, And you get one kid that save and all the rest of them want to go out and do something dirty and filthy. Man, that's a pull. That's a pull. You know who I'm banking on? You know who I'm banking on? The 19 kids that wanna go do something filthy. They're gonna win out that kid that saved. He just does not have the power to battle his flesh and say no. Now he could, not saying it's impossible. You young people, this is why you have parents this is why you have pastors, this is why you have, there's youth pastors, there's leaders in churches, there's, uh, there's good teachers, all of that, because the battle is real. Who do you want to serve? If I asked you that question on a test, every single person would give me the right answer. Except you took the test on Thursday and now Friday night comes around. You ain't going to live how the answer you gave on the test. You just know, well, look, I know if I want to get in an any of this, is how I answer. Look, I know if I want to go out, this is what i to have to tell my dad. Come on. Who are we going to serve? That's the heart of the matter. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I want you to try this, you young kids. I want you to try this. The next time you're on the playground or the next time you're around a bunch of kids that are wanting to do something wrong. And they asked you, uh, they, they asked you if you want to go do X, Y, and Z. And you know, you know, your dad has taught you not to do that. You know, your mama has taught you not to do that. You know, the preacher has just hounded on that time after time, not to do that. But now those group of kids are asking you to do that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look them in the eye and I want you to say, I want to walk worthy of the Lord. And I want you to stare. I'm like, I want you to stick your neck out and look at them, And then don't say anything else and see what they say. I want to walk worthy of the Lord. See what they do. Now, if they laugh at you, you going to give up your position? It's tough. I hope you don't. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Bible says in Colossians 3:20, "Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord." Well, my dad, he's mean. My mom's mean. They have all these rules, and they're strict, and all this. All parents are kids, by the way. But you're not trying to obey your parents. You're trying to obey your parents because it's well pleasing unto the Lord. I don't like my. If kids say, "Well, I don't like my dad," okay. Well, right now you're saying you don't like your dad. Right now, would you say you don't like the Lord? You wouldn't, would you? No, because you don't think the Lord's there saying it's bedtime. (laughs) But you're obeying God by obeying your parents. You want to please the Lord. That's why you obey your parents. Let's look at one more. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 32. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may watch this, please the Lord. So if you're single and you don't have a wife, guess what you can do? Serve God all day. Serve God all the time. Just live your whole life just serving God. That's great, isn't it? You're going to please the Lord. Now watch at Verse 33. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world. How he may please his wife. As soon as you get married, life changes. I'm going to go out all night and, and I'm, going to do, I'm, going to street, I'm going to street preach for an hour downtown Nashville. And then I'm going to go down. And, well, guess what? That might work now. But that ain't going to work every weekend when you married why because you have a wife and you need to be able to please her that's called caring for your wife that God gave you the bible says there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin the unmarried woman careth for the things of the lord she's unmarried serve god that she may be both that she may be holy both in body and in spirit but she that is married careth for the things of the world how she may please her husband when you get married, if you're not married, pay attention. If you, when you do get married, you become one flesh. So you have to, if you want to obey God and please God, figure out a way how to please your wife, young man. And you would have to, young lady, figure out a way to please your husband. Well, that's tough. But you one flash. If you love the Lord. And you want to please him. You're going to try to please. That other person. A lot of walking a pure life. And an honorable life. Is trying to get the focus off of yourself. And trying to think about pleasing the Lord. And how that's going to work out. All right. First uh, Thessalonians. Let's get back to chapter 4. Let's see if we can't move. Move along It finishes out in the first verse So you would abound more and more Uh, You want to live life more fully Let's produce some fruit Your life should be able to produce Christian fruit Verse number two Look what it says For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus You know this He says look you've heard it before I've been over it with you guys What commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus is given by the Lord. It's not your parents telling you what to do. It's not your boss telling you what to do. Do you obey your parents, young people? I tried to when I was a kid, didn't do such a hot job. Uh, When you get a job, you're going to go and tell the boss what you want to do, or are you going to listen to what the boss tells you to do? You're You're going to listen to the boss, right? Well, God created you. You love God. You love the Lord. When you see something in the Bible and he says, don't do that, but do this. Why do you kick the pricks? Why do you bow up? Why do you get, I don't want to do that. Who's going to please yourself? That's why. We should live to please the Lord. They're The commandment's given by the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. What did the Lord say? He says, go. What do you do? Go. He says, follow. You're going to go follow. He says, come. All right, come on. This love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not. Oh, these kids, you know, their dad tells them to do something. And they're like, oh, mumble, mumble, grumble, 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 mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. grumble. I have to do this. Mumble, grumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, I have to do it. But you made your bed. <laughs> you did make your bed, didn't you? Good for you, little chipper. Good for you. You made your bed. But you whined and you complained and you kicked and you bucked and you bowed up the whole time. And God says something in his word. And this was Christians do. Mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. Do I have to do that? Isn't that legalism? Do I have to really listen? Great. You went to church. (laughs) Great. But you kicked at the prick. You bowed up. You got all bent out of shape. You were huffing and puffing. You were mumbling and grumbling. And your heart was about as far from God as it could be. But you went to church. (laughs) I'm telling you this newness of life thing, this pleasing the Lord thing. It's more than just checking stuff off in a box. Let's look at verse three and I'll read it like the modern day Christian reads it for this is the will of God, even your sanctification period. As if it's saying, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Except when you read the verse, it says, for this is the will of God, comma, even your sanctification, comma, that you should abstain from fornication. Vile, filthy, pagan people fornicate and do things with men and women doing things together they ought not be doing. And it's connected with. False worship of self and pagan gods. God does not want us using our bodies for that type of thing. How many of you want to be in the will of God? I got both of my hands up. I want to be in the will of God. Wow, this is deep. This is deep right here. You want to be in the will of God? Young people, do not fornicate. We're gonna we're gonna keep it simple and basic because we have some young ones in here as well. But I'm gonna say this: the Bible says fornication is idolatry. You worship yourself more than God. The Bible says to flee fornication. It says to avoid fornication. It says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you. As becometh saints. But what does it mean when it says even your sanctification? So look at verse three. For this is the will of God, comma. And then it says even your sanctification, comma. That's the act of making something holy. Sanctification is to be set apart for a pure purpose, for a holy purpose. Your affections are purified and your love to God is exalted. You look at the world as the enemy. You look at sin as the enemy. And by God's grace and the Holy Spirit working in you, you and I can be sanctified and set apart to live a pure and holy life. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, meaning to be set apart and abstain from fornication. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse four, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. There's the will of God. Know how to do this. I want to know the will of God for my life. Okay, here's the will of God for your life and for my life. Abstain from fornication. And now know how to possess your vessel. That's your body. My body, your body, it's frail, it's weak. It's an earthen vessel in Corinthians. An earthy thing. But it is the work of God and it is the body that he gave us. Two more passages of scripture as we start to close. Go over to 1 Peter chapter number three. Our vessels are weak. Our flesh is dying. The wages of sin is death. And our bodies aren't really living in the sense of they're really dying. I mean, each day we're getting closer to our bodies of flesh being dead. So our flesh that vessel that we live in is weak the bible says in first peter chapter 3 verse 7 likewise ye husbands Dwell with them according to knowledge Giving honor unto the wife As under the weaker vessel Now this verse isn't about calling women weaklings far, farthest thing from the truth uh, This is to recognize gentlemen that when you get married, your wife is frail. She's more sensitive. Uh, She is weak. She is the weaker vessel. Now that's not a bad thing. The Bible's telling it, look, she's a work of God. God gave you this wife, but look, she's frail. She's the weaker vessel. Now, if you think of your body of flesh as weak, because you've gotten into sin. I've gotten into sin. We all get into sin. Why? Because our flesh is weak. Well, when you get married, now you're one flesh. You better honor her. Understand that she's frail. Understand that she is the work of God. As under the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We need to realize that we are weak and we need help. Um, Let's finish out verse number four in 1 Corinthians chapter number four. It says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. You know who you and I are employed by, by Christians? God, to do his work for his glory. We have a high purpose, a high net worth, a pure value to be used by God. And he can use us and he will use us. We yield to him. We know what is honorable. We know what is clean. We know what is holy and pure and righteous. We can get the doctrine, but can we? Can we live our lives that way? The Christian life is supposed to be an honorable life, but there are far, far too many times or opportunities rather to sneak away and do something that isn't clean. Young people all the time are duped because there's a lure to pull away and get away. Is he looking? Okay, now. Now. There's always the pure or the pull. To sneak away and get away. To do something that isn't honorable. That is dirty. And God does not want us to do that. He wants us to know how to possess our vessel in sanctification and honor churches same problem it was are you for youth group or or against youth group here's what i'm for pure youth here's what i'm fuel for honorable youth there is this movement going on that says We are going to get a bunch of 12 to 17 year old young people together and we are going to give the allowance for the liberty for them to be able to sneak away. Is he looking? Does the pastor see? Okay, let's do it now. But God sees. And God knows what we're up to. And he says, live your life set apart so it can be honorable and pure and holy. Know how to possess your vessel. You can get a young man on a college campus and he can live an honorable, a pure and a holy life amidst the dirty world. And there will be every opportunity available to sneak away and do something dirty. There's four or five bars in town. You know what they do at nine o'clock? All the lights go out. So you can be dirty and do dirty things and hide it. God sees. And he wants you to know how you can be set apart. You, you can know. Same way you know can, you know that you can have eternal life. You can know how to possess your body in sanctification. last verse first corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 we'll finish with this verse number 13 1 Corinthians 6:13 meats for the belly nice pot roast man that fills you up and the belly for meats But God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Your body, even though it is a dying piece of flesh, was made so that you can know how to possess it, honor, and glorify God. It is made. But for the Lord, you can use it to serve him and have a pure, holy, set apart, sanctified life. Yes, even amidst the filth of this junky, dirty, filthy world. You can. You really can. If we believe God enough to want to live and believe his word.